Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Bucketeers podcast, episode 87. We got a great one in store today. Special guest from the Primetime Carolina podcast. Dave is here to join the show. We'll bring him in here in a minute after we roll the intro. We got Cats in the house. We got Huncho in the house. Obviously, I am Tampa Tones. You guys are tuned into the Bucketeers. We are now live on Twitter, YouTube, and Bucks Life News Facebook. Get those questions in. We'll try and get to all of them. We're here until a little after the top of the hour. Once again, you're tuned into the Bucketeers. We'll be back in a short second after the intro. but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bucks fans. But... Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan, and it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit, going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear, but we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. (laughs) It does look like you got a little... No, my my, uh, camera's broke. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, into the Bucketeers podcast. Once again, Tampa Tones here. We got Huncho in the building. We got Dave from Primetime Carolina Pod in the building. We got Cats in the building. We'll bring the rest of the Bucketeers in shortly. But first, we want to bring our special guest who is so grateful to share some time with us this evening. I was lucky enough to do an NFC South roundtable with the gentleman from Primetime Carolina Podcast before the season even started on Shakeback Media, uh, the Giants podcast. So that was really fun times. And, uh, you know, we like to have guests on every time we play an opponent, whether it's a Tampa guest or an opponent's guest. And I found it appropriate to invite my friends back from Primetime Carolina Podcast. And we got Dave in the house tonight, good enough to join us for at least a little bit of his busy time we do appreciate it dave how the hell you doing my friend welcome into the bucketeers we appreciate it even though we're enemies on sunday we'll be friends tonight brother <laughs> no doubt no doubt man it's uh it's hatred in the stands but it's love away from the stadium so thanks for having me guys glad to be here and ready to chop it up real quick too man where can the uh and you got that right love love outside the stadium brother all all is love, and, you know, you always want the NFC South playing good ball and representing. Sadly, we haven't been getting that out of m- many of the teams lately, so we'll hope the corner turns there. But uh, where can the people keep up with you and your podcast on Twitter? So, you know, if any Bucks fans out there want to see or listen to what's going on with Carolina, they could find you guys. Yeah, man, I don't know why any of your viewers would want to uh, tune into a Carolina Panthers podcast, but if they choose to do so, you can find us on YouTube uh, if you want to support our channel. Um, we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
Uh, you can just search Carolina, uh, or excuse me, Primetime Carolina Podcast, and we should be right up there. So appreciate you anyone know, willing to look that up. You never know. You know, you got some scouting to do. NFC South people want to toe the line and toe the rubber with other NFC South folks. So we'll no see, you know, what's going on there. We got a question quick, and I'll I'll ask it to a bucketeer as we bring him in upon arrival. Our man Huncho's in the building tonight, and Huncho, this is for you. When is Jones, Julio, I'm guessing he's alluding to going to play, or she, I'm sorry, Heidi uh, is asking that. When is Julio going to play, do you believe? And do you think we see him this Sunday? Uh, one minute, Hunt, you're muted, bro. All right. You're, you're good. good. Yeah, you're good. All right. Uh, well, what's up, Heidi? Um, uh, far as my opinions about the Julio Jones, um, I know he practiced today. So from here on out, I mean, he, it's a possibility that he pay, plays this week, this Sunday, but it's been a possibility since uh, week one, every Sunday after that, that he had a possibility to play. I mean, hopefully uh, he gets on the field so we can open up our offense a little more and um, get some uh, points on the board. So, if I had the shoes, I'll just say it's up in the air, game time decision. Hopefully uh, Sunday we can see him. And I find it hilarious that people out there are, like, clamoring for Kadarius Tony as a Buccaneers fan when we already have all these wide receivers. And, you know, some of them banged up all bite Julio. But once they get back, uh, if you can't get these guys going, then there's just a problem with your offense and adding a dude like Kadarius Tony. Wouldn't help that at all. What say you, Cats, as we welcome you in? You've seen some rumors on Kadarius Tony this week. I don't think we want anything to do with him. Not a bad dude, not a bad player, but, uh, you know, enough cooks in the kitchen. There's no point. Yeah, there's, you know, unless we had more injuries, and I hope we don't get them at the wide receiver position, there's no point in doing that. There's enough talent on this offense uh, if we're executing at a high level to put points on the board. So, no, no reason to go out and do that. As for Julio Jones, I don't expect him to play on Sunday. Dave, what say you? Do you even care if who – I know as a Carolina fan, we talked a little before the show, you know, about the whole thing being competitive or going for a better draft pick. It's still early on in the season, though, so you're at the point, even though down and out it looks like right now, technically only two games back in the division – do you think Julio Jones is still a threat at this point in time? Or, uh, you know, are your days as a defense done if he does make his way onto the field worrying about him? I mean, at this point in his career, he's definitely able to make plays, enough plays to make an impact on a game. I wouldn't necessarily worry about him coming in and taking over a game, but I definitely think he still has enough in the tank to come in and make enough plays to make a difference. So, I mean – if he's going to stay on the sideline, that's cool with me. <laughs> and that's kind of how Bucks fans feel about it, too. I feel like we kind of knew what we were getting when we signed him. You know, you were getting a banged-up older guy who was going to bring a handful of games and a little bit of production in those games and some veteran mentorship into the locker room, really, for the younger wide receivers and whatnot. And speaking of mentorship, it, it was a weird situation going on in Carolina the past couple of seasons, in my opinion. Uh, Matt Rule, to me, never really had a good grip or mentorship in that locker room. I feel like whether it was more the culture 
or on his behalf. He kind of just equates to a college head coach, in my opinion, and there's nothing wrong with that. You see that time to time. Look at Nick Saban. He's kind of one of those college lifers. He tried the NFL. He didn't work out too much. We see it time again. Urban Meyer or Uncle Urban worked his way into Jacksonville and wiggled his way out of there rather quickly. So, uh, you know, some of these dudes just belong in college. What was your overall feel on Matt Rule? And how do you feel about his dismissal from Carolina? Are, are you excited for Steve Wilkes, or uh, is this kind of a thing that's just going to blow over in a year of Matt Rule and Steve Wilkes will not even be a, a talk anymore? So just starting with the whole Matt Rule era in itself, the whole thing, I mean, it was just obvious since about, you know, the beginning of year two that it just wasn't working out. Once we won those first three games, it felt like, okay, everything's coming together. Matt Rule knows what he's doing. But the big thing with Matt Rule is he was always terrible when it came to making adjustments on the fly. So you would see us all the time come out in a game, jump on top in the first quarter, second quarter. By the time the second half rolled around, we could not do anything and we could not stop anything. That's because other teams made adjustments, and we just could not do that. Matt Rule, yes, was a program builder in college. I think he did a good job of that, obviously, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. And I think as we see with a lot of college coaches, like you brought up Urban Meyer, we see with a lot of college coaches, these guys think, I know what I'm doing. I turned this program around in college. I built this dynasty in college. I'm just going to take exactly what I did, take it to the pros. I'm going to build something new in the NFL. And it just doesn't work like that, man. So and that, that's exactly what he did. He showed up with his college rah-rah stuff. Eventually, that fizzles out. Um, he hired a coaching staff that was almost all college uh, coaches. They're trying to run college defenses. Um, they're running college offenses um, in a way in which they're not mixing in a lot of different looks. They're trying to do a lot of the same things over and over again, which you can do in college when you are far more talented than, than the team across from you. With the NFL, it's just not like that. You're not going to be far more talented than the guy across from you. So once teams caught on to what they like to do, he didn't stand a chance. And, you know, there's been weird reports coming out ever since. I don't know if it's made it to you guys' end of Twitter or not, but um, since he got fired, weird stories have started coming out. Like he was controlling, like, social media and stuff. Just stuff that he should have no business touching, he had full control of. So – he came in. I like to call him uh, Kim Jong Rule. He came in like a propagandist and uh, decided he was going to do everything his way and have full control, and it just wasn't working out. That's a great one, Kim Jong Rule. Man, haven't heard that one before. But that would be very interesting if uh, he did take over social medias and try and do that such. But I wouldn't put it past him. I always call them Doug Heffernan, the knockoff Doug Heffernan from the <laughs> King of Queens, Kevin James. You know, yeah, big fan right here. Yeah, big fan myself, brother. He, one of those guys that, you know, he was just always making me laugh. Not that he was doing it on purpose, I don't think, but surely wouldn't put it past Matt Rule to run those social medias. Huncho, Cats, you guys got anything to say about Dave's story here that uh, Matt Rule might have been, you know, doing that, some crazy things out there? That that kind of, um, uh, I believe it's possible because if you remember, we had Greg Schiano down here and he was coming from from the college he uh, came from ranks. Rutgers right 
Yeah, he came from Rutgers, yeah. and he pretty much did the same thing. He wanted control over everything. Like, the dude was, like, over, like, controlling, narcissistic. Yep. He was uh the the AC. He wanted the, the temperature a certain way with the <laughs> AC. It was, it was just wild. So I understand uh, exactly what you mean. I could believe that. Yeah. Chiano once yelled at a chef at one buck place because the meatballs were too small. That's a true story. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not an urban legend. That's a true story. Uh, yeah, you know, college coaches, most of the time they don't work out. And the reason is they can't control everybody because you can't treat grown men the same way you treat college students. Um, right. Greg tried the best he could. Uh, I think the Bucks wanted to clear some riffraff out of the locker room. He actually was able to do some of that. Unfortunately, they also were hoping to win games. He didn't do a lot of that. So that's usually the case with most college coaches. So I'm not surprised that it didn't work out for um, Matt Rule either in Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think – sorry to interrupt you. No, go on, Dave. I was going to say, I think naturally you find that these college coaches are – good at landing jobs because when you're a college coach, so much of your job is recruiting and convincing people that you're the guy and you're the one who's going to change their life. So you walk into these interviews with these, you know, owners. And in our case, David Tepper was a brand new owner. One of the first interviews he did, he's listening to this sales pitch from this guy, Matt rule, who's a program builder, which totally fits exactly what he's trying to do in his first year as an owner. He wants to build, you know, a winning franchise. So he hears that sales pitch, and he's all in, just like the five-star recruit. Well, I guess Baylor wasn't getting many five-star recruits, but just like the four-star recruit who went to Baylor or whatever. So, No, I, I, I agree with that 110%. It's a whole new ball game, right? It's like you're not the big man on campus anymore in the NFL. You're just one of the dudes at that point. And, uh, you know, these players more and more, year by year, they do get their way a little bit more each year as well, right, wrong, or indifferent. The coaches don't seem to hold, you know, quite the power and grasp at the NFL level they used to. GMs don't, you know, these players do a little bit more of what they want nowadays, and we've seen that with Robbie Anderson this past Sunday. We'll get into that one a little bit more here quick. We got Don't Remind Us of Greg Loose Cannon Leprechaun in the building. What up, brother? Hope you're doing Great tonight, my friend. Yeah, uh, Greg Schiano. Hey, we had former Buck Anthony Gator on the show. He did endorse Greg Schiano, said he did like playing for more than he liked Lovey Smith. So, uh, you know, some players do, I guess, like that. You never know. And then he says the Nick Saban experiment, yada, yada, yada. This next comment, though, is for our man Dave here, the Panthers guy. PJ Walker is my dog. Met him during the XFL. Hope he loses though what is going on in the quarterback situation on sunday i feel like all your quarterbacks are hurt is paul chin is tuning in on facebook friend of the show thanks for tuning in this evening paul chin we do appreciate you brother but um all your quarterbacks are could kind of hurt they're all kind of you know around obviously i think baker mayfield's the most talented but in terms of recent success they've all been hovering around the same level of play how, how, what's what's up with the QB situation heading into this Sunday? Are we going to get PJ Walker? Are we going to get Baker Mayfield? And where the hell is Sam Darnold? So Sam Darnold uh, and Baker Mayfield, as far as I know, both practice this week. I don't know which one will be active or if both will be active, if neither will be active on Sunday. Um, PJ Walker is going to start. And PJ, look, man, 
Panthers fans love PJ. He's a he's a crowd favorite. He's got that underdog story, came from the XFL, all that cool stuff. But at the end of the day, he's really just not an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, we 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 root for him. We all love him. He's just not good enough. Uh, last week, he had definitely his roughest game uh, in the games he has played in the NFL. Um, but it really wasn't all him. Our offense as a whole has been an absolute joke this year. It hasn't been the players' faults, really. Um, the offensive line's actually played better than they have in years in Carolina. Uh, but the quarterback play's been subpar, to say the least, and Ben McAdoo has been as bad as he was when he got fired from the Giants. As bad as advertised. Yeah, as bad as advertised. So it, the offense as a whole has just been completely discombobulated all season. And do you think, uh, before we bring in the Bucketeers on this as well, do you think that's what happened with Robbie Anderson? Do you see why he got frustrated? Or are you kind of on the side of, hey, I don't care who you are, you never blow up on your coach? I mean, it wasn't quite to the extent of the Antonio Brown thing because he didn't leave willingly. Uh, you know, he, he did legit get kicked out, I guess, although Bruce Arians did tell A.B. you're done, get the F out of here. So at the end of the day, A.B. got kicked out as well. But do you, how do you view that Robbie Anderson situation and uh, how do you view his time in Carolina in general? Kind of a guy who had a great first year then underachieved the past year and a quarter or so. Yeah, so Robbie Anderson, I mean – I, I try not to put too much blame on him because I understand, like, this shit's been hard to watch this year. So I can't imagine what it's like to be on the field running go routes all day and never touching the football. So, I mean, I get why he's frustrated. Um, honestly, though, he was put in a role that was probably bigger than he needs to be put in anyway. He's been paid, like, a legitimate number two, you know, friend's number one receiver. That restructured his contract. He was making, I somewhere between ten and twenty million dollars a season, which mm. you know he's a fine guy. You know I don't mind having him on the roster, but he was not earning that salary in any way. He had one one thousand yard season uh, in his career. To me, he's just a guy you can send deep, hit on a deep ball every once in a while. So again, that was a Matt Rule thing. That was one of Matt Rule's guys from Temple. Uh, we ended up having. Between our practice squad, our roster, and our injured reserve, we had 10x rule college players on our roster. So that's a huge factor in why we're so uh, behind the eight ball when it comes to the talent on the on the team. Is rule was picking out all his favorite guys from his college days and putting them out on the field, giving them big contracts. Things you just cannot do if you want to win in professional football games. Yeah, that sounds eerily similar to Greg Schiano when we were mini Rutgers over here. And, uh, we, and, you know, I love Eric LeGrand, and that was probably the only justifiable Rucker on the roster at one point in, uh, you know, when Eric LeGrand was going through those hardships and whatnot. Cats, right. we'll start with you here on this one. Robbie Anderson leaving and uh, just Dave's comments in general on that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, if the Panthers don't see themselves as a contender at this point this year, which it seems like given what's occurred, they do not. I think it's smart to move on from him at this point. And he might be able to help Arizona, who still looks like they're kind of, sort of, in this thing. Uh, so, you know, if they're kind of going through a transition now in Carolina, given the money he's making, there's no reason to hold on to him at this point. 
I agree. Huncho, quick, what's your thoughts on the Robbie Anderson thing? And then Dave's got a question, it looks like, from Eric here. But Huncho, what, what are your take and thoughts on the whole Robbie Anderson, you know, blowing up and kind of like an Antonio Brown type of situation, but not near the production, as Dave alluded to, kind of one of those overrated type guys uh, who got paid a little more than they bargained for and uh, maybe a product of Matt Rule coaching him up in college. Yeah, um, I agree 100. percent I agree with what uh, what he said about the contract and everything, and also uh, to uh, the whole fact that Robbie Anderson, when it comes to stuff like that, I feel like you gotta have a strong locker room also. And um, I don't know how much, how many veterans like they really have over there in the locker room to uh, you know, keep the team afloat. Like what happened with um, with AB when he had his meltdown. Um, we still had Tom Brady. We still had a couple good uh, leaders in the locker room to keep the team composed. And I don't know if the Panthers at that level yet, or they have that stability in the locker room where they can move forward when uh, uh, when a situation like that happens to uh, get through the hardship and um, find a way to start winning games and stuff. You know, maybe it'll make them or or break them. You never know. And um, I, I I guess we'll see who won that trade and um soon to come and as far as with with the uh i remember the same thing with shiano was doing the same thing bringing all his uh ruckers people in and and it didn't go too good also with that same type of mentality you know you gotta have some type of veteran like some coaching staff you want to have some good good strong coaching staff experienced coaches and uh players you know and and not just bring your favorite guys in just because you like them because can they still play football can they help you really win games? Um, I don't know. You you, you got to uh, get those type of players that you can plug in and, and immediately upgrade and start winning. Couldn't agree more, brother. That's well said and kind of generalizes the whole situation in general. Um, you know, calling up guys who aren't capable of doing stuff, kind of ironic when you got guys like Greg Schiano and Matt Rule coaching. So the irony of it all we got Eric asking a question for you, Dave. Ask him what latest CMC who going be. I think he means is CMC rumored to be traded anywhere, and uh, who who would it be to? I guess if he were. Yeah. So I did a quick uh, little video about this on the YouTube channel yesterday, but even since then, it's picked up quite a bit as far as um, the momentum of of Christian McCaffrey getting traded. Um, teams that I see as potential destinations or I've heard as linked to the trade are the Dolphins, 49ers, Bills, um, Chiefs, I would think would be involved. I would imagine it is going to be a team who sees themselves as a contender who feels that if they add this one chess piece, feels like it'll put them over the top. Because you add this guy to your offense, your offense becomes great. If your offense is already great, you add him, you become unstoppable. You can move him all over the field. I always describe him as a chess piece. I know I just said that, but I describe it's like a queen on a chessboard. He can go all over the place. He can move anywhere. You can attack any way you want to with him, inside, outside, slot. doesn't matter. He's going to change the face of your offense. So I imagine it's going to cost at least um, a second-round pick. I've heard the Panthers are asking for as much as two first-round picks. I think they might get something in the middle, maybe one first-round pick. If you could get a late first-round pick for a guy like that, I think that's 
a trade in which both parties kind of get what they want. Um, McCaffrey will probably next time the Panthers are making a run at a playoff, uh, uh, making a playoff run. McCaffrey's probably going to be too old to play in the NFL. Running backs don't last long. He's in three years. He'll be around 30 years old. It's best for everybody that he just gets out of town and goes to a better situation. And that's just being honest. Yeah, and then it's a win-win-win. He still makes his money. He gets to try and win. The Panthers get some compensation back for that, as you alluded to. You know, the NFL is a wild, wild game, but odds are when the Panthers are ready to compete again, McCaffrey uh, won't be the guy he used to be. And to me right now when he is healthy, the keyword if or when, but to me he is the best running back in the NFL when he's fully healthy. I mean, the things he could do, his hands out of the backfield, his route running, you know, to step up and be that third down back. He could even block pretty decent as well for being a little dude. And who would have expected that? He's just so elusive back there. I think if he goes to Buffalo, whew, that offense with Diggs, McCaffrey, Knox, and all those gentlemen are great. So, Bucketeers, before we bring you in, Dave's uh, going to give his last words, thoughts, and wisdom here for the big game in the NFC South this Sunday as the Bucks are heading to Carolina. One o'clock Eastern time in Carolina. Dave, what say you on a score prediction, my friend? And uh, player of the game prediction could be from either side of the ball, but we do appreciate you joining, my friend. It's been an honor. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't know, man. Game prediction, it's hard to say. I, I don't expect much from the Panthers. There's been no reason to expect much from the Panthers. Their defense has as many touchdowns as their offense in the past three weeks. Um, or at least it's close. It's like three to four or three to three, something like that. Um, so I don't expect the offense to do much. They haven't done much all season. Um, I'll, I'll say 27 to 10 bucks. Um, as far as a player of the game, is Mike Evans healthy? Yes, sir. He'll be there. All right. I I don't know yet if J.C. Horn's going to play, so this is an if. If J.C. Horn is out, it's going to be Mike Evans because Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson have been getting shredded without J.C. Horn. Uh, Cooper Cup, man, he 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 had those boys in hell on earth last weekend. So if if they're out, it's going to be Mike Evans. And doesn't Cooper Cup have all the boys in the world on ice skates when he's playing out there? Dave, I think we'd love if it's Mike Evans, and I think we'd love that score prediction. I'm not too confident myself right now, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It sounded Trust me, y'all got good y'all got a good chance this weekend. Hey, I heard that last week against <laughs> Pittsburgh, brother. Dave, one more time, where can the people keep up with uh, the Primetime Carolina podcast and all your guys' good stuff. We'll link you guys in the bio as well when I put this out. We'll put your guys' YouTube and Twitter and all that good stuff down there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and um, YouTube, Primetime Carolina podcast. Keep doing your thing, brother. We'll cross paths again one day. Maybe uh, you know when we link up again a second time this year. We'll have some different things and different discussions to talk about. But you're always welcome on, my friend. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, buddy. Take care. Peace out, guys. Peace out. And that's good stuff right there, fellas. It's Dave from Primetime Carolina Podcast. He knows the stuff about his team, gentlemen. That's for sure. Huncho, uh, what say you about the Christian McCaffrey being traded thing or just having Dave on in general? 
Oh uh, yeah, he gave me a lot of insight um, on Carolina. I'm not too familiar uh, about them right now and what they what they have going on, but I, I've heard the rumblings about Christian McCaffrey and of course their coach. So um, yeah, I agree with him 100 percent with with the age the age uh, that he's getting and and why waste his career and if y'all not going to be doing anything right now, why not try to get some uh, picks for him? I don't think he's worth two first rounds, maybe not even quite a first round because of the injury. Like if you're a team that, that, that sees him for your long-term fix probably. And um, like the Buffalo bills and um, he, you could plug him in and, and he'll fit right in and it, it, it takes you over the top. I see, I see someone adding them to their roster like that. But far as um, just a team that's rebuilding and trying to start over and put their team together, I wouldn't go and grab him and put him on my team. And the injuries are a big concern. I know it happens in the NFL, but he's he's injured often more than not. So before you uh, look into getting Christian McCaffrey, I, I will see your whole team will have to be like complete, especially if you're going to spend – something high like a first-round pick on uh, a guy like that. I, I tend to agree with you. I think you'll probably end up getting a really good second-round pick and maybe a day-three pick for him. I I find it tough garnering a first-round pick, giving his injury history, without a doubt, if he's had a better track record, I think. Uh, not his statistics. I don't want to be put on a reel out there <laughs> saying that shit, but – um, if he had a better track record for his health, I think he would get a, a higher draft pick, such as a first-round pick, um, you know, maybe now a second and seventh. Cats, what say you, brother, on the whole McCaffrey situation? And uh, what would you do as an opponent, as a team interested in him? Uh, if you're a contending team and the teams that he mentioned are, I would certainly push my chips in to try to get him. Again, I, I don't think I'd try to avoid a first-round pick. But, hey, you know, it becomes a seller's market, man. I'll tell you. I mean, if you got that many teams interested, teams that are pushing their chips in to win a Super Bowl, and all those teams are, I'd like to think we are too, although we're not going to be in the sweepstakes for Christian McCaffrey, nor should we be. Um, yeah, you ask for the moon and the stars. If you don't get it, you still get a second-round pick, and the Panthers aren't in a competitive cycle now where they're going to be winning anything anytime soon. There's no reason to hang on to the guy. So get what you can, start to rebuild with some draft picks, and move on. I agree. Get what you can, uh, build for the future, and then either take a crap load of young players or package those picks up for a higher draft pick if there's a quarterback there, as Dave from Primetime Carolina alluded to. They like Bryce uh, Young, and they like you know a couple other of the quarterbacks up there, Stroud as well and whatnot. So we're going to do rapid fire here with Eric's questions. Eric's got a bunch of good questions for us, so we're going to go around the horn and do some bucketeers around the horn with these questions from Eric quick, and then we got a loose cannons leprechaun comment before we proceed with our fine program in this evening. But Eric says, what, what do you guys think – Vaughn on the trade block. Um, first off, I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is on the trade block. I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is a depth running back right now for the Buccaneers. I don't think they'd get a lot for him, nor do I think that they're hurrying to move him by any means. I mean, this is their third or fourth running back, depending when Geo's healthy or not. But at the end of the day, when Lenny F gets as much carries and touches as he does, 
knock on wood, you never know in modern-day NFL when a guy like that could get hurt. And then you have a rookie, Rashad White, and you have a banged-up Giovanni Bernard. To me, there's no reason to get rid of a veteran running back like Keyshawn Vaughn, especially I'll answer your next question here. What could you get for him? Nada. You might not even get a sixth nor seventh-round pick for him. And I love Keyshawn Vaughn. That's not me ripping on Keyshawn Vaughn. He showed some signs of life last year. But Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be a lot more valuable in Tampa than he would be for, A, what we get for him, and, B, anywhere else at this point in time. So we're not like – it's not like we're in the preseason anymore. We're in week seven now. You know, learning the playbook isn't easy for everybody specifically guys who are still kind of learning their own playbook in some sort of way, which Vaughn might just be doing. So uh, Huncho will get you this question from Eric here next, as he has a lot of good ones. Who do you think the Bucks should trade before the deadline? Huncho, do you think the Bucks should trade for anyone before the deadline, or do you think they should hold put? Um, I wouldn't more so say trade right now but I, I definitely say looking into other options I would say definitely our offensive line I know the Ryan Jensen rumors came out but I'm not quite sure how factual that is and and how much fire and smoke that that that, that has with that rumor that's going around but I would definitely look into uh, upgrading the offensive line right now I mean it'll probably be kind of difficult for someone to try to come in and, and learn that playbook a, uh, as soon as possible and and uh, contribute. But if anything, I would look towards the offensive line, uh, more so Gadecki's position. Uh, just I feel like we need more stability right there and uh, in, in protecting the goat and um, keeping him upright. And um, if any position, I, I would definitely have to go with offensive line, but preferably uh, the left guard. And speaking of Gadecki, real quick, we do have a giveaway that will happen this Sunday. I keep postponing it, damn it, but it's going to happen this week. I promise. Look for a video coming Friday or Saturday. But even though he's struggling a little bit, uh, you know, we might be looking at a replacement. Still a rookie, and he's a nice guy, a good guy. He's trying his best. We're giving away this Luke Gadecki signed autograph Buccaneers mini helmet as the Bucks logo on one side has his number 67 on one side is inscribed fire the cannons on the back and luke go number 67 on the front so we'll be giving that away ladies and gentlemen and we'll also be giving away it won't be signed so this ain't yours this is mine but we're going to be giving away some of these lovely bucketeers mini helmets a beautiful mm. thing about this look at how nice those signatures look on there i i got wow. these all at the Colts Bucks preseason game. I mean, wow, these nice. things are nice for signatures. I got Devin White on here, Scotty Miller on here, Kyle Trask on here, Blaine Gabbert on here, Larry Foote on here. You guys could win these mini helmets. All you got to do is follow the Bucketeers on Twitter. Pay attention to our giveaway this weekend. And we're going to only ask you a simple thing. Follow us, retweet the giveaway tweet, and tweet your score prediction and player of the game. And then we'll figure out who the winner is. There will be two winners, one for the Godecki mini helmet, and then one for a non-signed, again, this puppy ain't leaving, just an example of how good signatures look, but a non-signed Bucketeers mini helmet. And I'm doing a terrible job, but I still got mini helmets heading y'all's way, two to each of you. Cats, you're getting two. Hunch, you're getting two. Stun is getting two. 
And then uh, we'll see if the two practice squad guys at this point, Cody and Bucko, can do. No, I'm kidding around. Uh, everybody's getting two, two for everybody. So we'll do that. We'll go ahead and just do that. Um, I'll, I'll ship them out when I ship the winning helmets out. I just really, really have been putting it off. And shame on me. Cats, it's up to you now for this question. Um, some of these are confusing here. Let's see. As Bucks, who is gone this week i guess we'll put it like this um do you expect anyone besides the normal expected people to miss this game i mean akeem hicks obviously probably won't play um logan ryan's out that's definitely a no one we'll put it like this shaq mason and julio jones do either one of those guys concern you of missing this game yeah julio jones i expect to miss the game Shaq Mason, I expect to play from what I've been reading. Um, Julio last played a, the Kansas City game, if I'm not mistaken. They said he could have played the Green Bay game. They opted to hold him out. Hindsight now being more 2020, looking at that game. Really wish he had played in that game, but, you know, what's done is done. Uh, I don't see him playing this week. I think he will play at some point. But Shaq Mason, it sounds like everything's okay there and he should play. And then we got a, a double question. Um, Kat, you could list, or answer this one, and then we'll get to Loose Cannon's com or Loose Cannon's Leprechaun comment. Do you think Julio Jones should get cut? I personally don't, and my reasoning is the same reason as the Keyshawn Vaughn thing for the most part. Kat, what say you? And then we'll ask Huncho quick. Do you think Julio should get cut? No, there's no. Why would they cut? There's no reason to cut the guy. I mean, if he's injured, he's injured. If he's healthy, he can he, – in week one, we saw him when he was healthy. He actually contributed. He had a nice game. So, no, there's no reason to cut him. He's just had some health issues, which we knew he would have. And you hope that you get him back and that you get him back at the right time. So, no, there's no reason to cut the guy. And the thing with Julio, before we get Hunch's take on it too quick, we knew what we were getting in him, a, a banged-up older Julio. I said that earlier in the pod. We all said that. We've all known that by now. And the thing is, you really only need him not, – not, I mean, you want him all the time, but you really only need him come December, January playoff time. That's when you need him most. So, Huncho, what say you on this Julio getting cut? blasphemy not at all i agree 100 with cats uh not at all not right now uh and i agree with you with the uh the Vaughn take uh it's no need to even cut him right now and, and, and as you seen last year when we got short on wide receiver depth it, it cost us uh in the playoffs so right now it, hopefully we could just uh just just bring him along just make sure he's good enough to go i don't want him to get hurt by putting him out there any sooner, and we need him later on in the year when people actually get hurt. You know what I'm saying? God forbid none of that happens. But just keep him right now for death. I wouldn't cut him because he, he actually did play good when he was healthy on the field, and he made a difference. So uh, I definitely just waited out. Not, and he signed – give him a con- – he's he's under contract. So I wouldn't just cut, cut a guy on the street, especially like Julio Jones. Yeah, I agree with that. You can't let him walk. And then – Worst comes to worst, what if you do let him walk? He magically heals up quick. He joins a team like Green Bay or some shit. Next thing you know, you're playing him on Sundays or maybe in the playoffs down the road. You never know how the game of football works, right? Look at Odell Beckham last year. Ended up winning a Super Bowl, started his year with Baker Mayfield throwing to him. So 
You never know. And our guy Dave and Primetime Carolina, two great guys over there. They do a great job at covering the Carolina Panthers, running their stuff. They know their stuff. They say thanks for the invite, guys. Take care. Thanks again, Dave. We appreciate you joining us, brother. That that was a really good time. And Dave knows his stuff, so that was good stuff. Good guy. Really good guy, fellas, and uh, we'll get into this one quick before we continue our way through the show here. Uh, how how am I sounding quick? Am I, it says my internet's weak. Am I coming in all right? Sound fine to me. Sound good to me over here. All right, cool. That That's all I need to hear from the fellas right there. Boom, we're ready to roll. Loose Cannon's Leprechaun made a comment. Doesn't Bill Belichick get flack for being too controlling, or is it deaf because he was winning? Um... I, I think he did too much flack a little bit, uh, but he was winning, he so it was fine. It. What say you, Cats? He has credibility. He's won a ton at the NFL level. Uh-huh. I mean, as a coordinator, he won. As a head coach, he's won. So he can be controlling the players' respect of. It's a lot different for a college coach coming in off the street who's not, no NFL experience, comes in, big rah-rah guy. You know, no one's going to listen right. to what credibility do you have at the NFL level. Bill Belichick is a lot different. He's developed a culture and a winning program in New England at the NFL level, consistently winning. Uh, it's been a little bit harder without Brady, but they still are putting a competitive team on the field. So, no, he doesn't deserve flack. He doesn't really get much of it either. Right. And um, I agree 100% with, uh, with you, Cats, uh, 110%. If anyone, any coach in the league that I think is – I mean, any GM, coach, whatever that's, that gets – that does too much, it's the GM and it's Jerry Jones. We all know how he is, and he's real controlling and how he, he runs from top to bottom. And I think his decisions cost, his, cost the team a lot more than than, than it uh, helps them out. You know, so, yeah, but Bill Belichick, I think he's fine. He deserves he, – he earned everything uh, that he, he's gotten, and I don't feel like he should face any backlash or anything like that. Yes. I agree. So, sorry about that, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Um, bear with me if I do drop out again. Cats and Hunch are here to you know lead the way. You. you know we got I, you. I know you all do. That's what I love about you guys. I don't got to worry about nothing with that stuff. So two of the best in the business, Huncho and Cats, <laughs> uh, by my side right here. So thanks again, fellas. We got another one. We need to keep Julio for the playoffs. Kevin says, absolutely, brother. I think we all agree with you on that one. Um, that's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, much common sense to the three of us. We agreed with that, and we just talked about how we'd hang on to Julio and how there's pretty much no purpose in cutting Julio or releasing Julio because it wouldn't do anything for us and could better the competition, perhaps. So, fellas... Are there any concerns for our beloved Buccaneers or, uh, you know, are, are we kind of just, uh, are, are we going through a rough patch? I mean, I know it's Halloween season, so I'm not going to say it's a pumpkin patch, but I'll call it a rough patch. That's for sure. Man, listen, Tones, I'm going to just say this, man. I was listening to these press conference. Shout out to J.C. Allen because he, he asked a lot of good questions today that a lot of fans and people were wondering about uh, the mindset and the, uh, the scheme and just the mindset of uh, how Byron is, how he's, uh, how he approaches the game or what he sees and his, his thought process with the running the ball and all. And I'm, and um his, his, uh, his comments really didn't settle me in to make me feel comfortable 
of the way that the direction that this team is going. Like, I know we have rough patches and I understand people are uh, backs against the walls and um, they get paid and everybody goes through certain little uh, things with their team. And um, yeah, we've been winning, but I'm not, I'm not looking at so much of the winning uh, the number I'm looking at how we're winning and how's the team is looking. And um, it, it hasn't, we haven't complete showed a complete uh, game of just dominating or, or looking like we have it all together as just fundamentally just at all. We, we still talking about miscommunication and um, blown assignments and on defense, Devin White, it's just a lot going on right now that that should be taken care of. And for your uh, offensive coordinator, to uh, come out and say certain things that 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 doesn't give you any hope about his his philosophy of why he chooses these plays. He's giving us coach talk about it, and and and, it, and um is not making me feel comfortable that he's in a position like if the, if if it approaches us again, how the Pittsburgh Steelers, how they approach us, like will he know what to do there, and um why was he running Lenny? to write into uh hayward i believe that's his name hayward he he's saying he just says oh i need to figure out i I need to put him in a better position yeah we know that but how are you going to what did you see like what is the what did you see that you were doing wrong where do you improve i know you're not going to give us the 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 uh the intricate little parts about it but at least give us some hope that that we should know our offensive coordinator can adjust on the fly and game plan for situations like these instead of being stubborn and, and, and just trying to pound it, pound it. Cause like uh, every other coach and every other team, they get paid to plan against you and, and they're going to do their job. And if they see what another team did successful against us, can you correct your mistakes and can you not be stubborn and um, find another way to, to get our guys open and, and find, good plays to call that can um win that we can win on you know and and that's where i'm at with it and, and, and todd bowles his his uh press conference yesterday i don't mean to keep rambling but um yesterday when he did his part i mean his uh press it didn't make me feel any more comfortable I, I mean i'm just i'm not too comfortable in this team it's a carolina team that we should beat but it was also a pittsburgh team that we should have beaten also I agree with you. It sounds very familiar territory from Pittsburgh to Carolina this week. Kat, what say you? I agree with a lot of what Huncho said. Do you think there's concerns for Tampa? Do you think it's a rough patch? And uh, do you think Byron Leftwich is a serious problem right now for this football team? Well, let me say that a game last week in Pittsburgh, to me, was the most disgusting, embarrassing performance in the Tom Brady era. Um, there've been some other ones. You haven't been a lot. We've won a lot of games. Um, we've lost some games, to some lousy teams. We lost to the bears. We lost to Washington. That was a joke. That was absolutely ridiculous. You were playing a Pittsburgh team with a rookie quarterback and then it never was quarterback that replaced him. They were down three of their best defensive players in the secondary. And you come up with 18 points. You allowed Five conversions of three, third, and 11 plus, third. Anything when there's a teen in it, if it's a third and something teen, <laughs> that shouldn't happen. I mean, how many of those get converted? What is the percentage? 10% over the season? The Bucks allowed five of them. And that is horrendous situational football. It's poor coaching. 
It's poor execution by the players. That should be a play that's easy to stop. A lot of offenses will run a give-up play in that scenario. Obviously, there was something that Pittsburgh saw, and they decided they could exploit it, and they did. As a disgraceful performance, I, I was absolutely disgusted more than I usually am. I normally just move on from a loss. Again, it is one loss. It is something they can correct these mistakes. I don't put too much into these press conferences. That was an absolutely ridiculous press conference today, too, where he gave a bunch of non-answer answers. Right. Uh, you know, coaches have a hard job and I'm not trying to say it's easy. I'm not even trying to say that I could do their job, right. but when you see things, if you as a coach have to look and self scout and watch the tape of what you did last week and realize why it didn't work, whether you realize it in the moment or not, I don't know if he did. We've seen the last few years, they've been able to overcome these bad performances and bounce back. I think a large portion of that is they're better in leadership that they have. Most of those guys are still around. Not all of them. Gronk is not here. Sue is not here. JPP is not here. But Tom Brady's here. Mike is here. Chris is here. Uh, Levante is here. But there's got to be better discipline. Again, you cannot be caught with too many men on the field. Again, that's the second time this year that's happened. And it's cost them a big play. Uh, it is just, again, it is poor up and down. You cannot go out and put that out there on the field. I don't care who. I think this team right now has an attitude that they feel they're a talented team and they are a talented team and that they can just go out there and take the field. And if they're playing at what's perceived as an inferior opponent and Pittsburgh is in terms of talent an inferior opponent that they can go out there and just take the field and win. And I think the coaching staff based on how the games have played out, obviously some of those guys feel the same way. So again, you know, you learn from your mistakes. I hope Byron can do that. I've seen him, you know, I've given him credit in the past couple of years when the offense has looked good. You know, obviously a large part of it is because we have talented players, but he has to get his share of the credit, but he deserves a large share of the blame. This is ridiculous. It has been predictable. It has been ridiculous. You don't run whatever the hell that was on the goal line when you needed a foot. I don't know what the hell that was, what he was trying to do. You, you try to play. That's the type of play you do in a preseason game. You want to see how your rookie left guard can hold up. You run that in a preseason game. When you need a foot to score a touchdown, you run the ball behind your two best guys. Yeah, it's your right guard, Mason, and your and your right tackle, Tristan Wirfs. You're all pros. You don't fiddle around and run behind yeah. the left guard. And that was absolutely an inane play. And at that point, I said, you know, this is probably going to come back to cost us. And late in the game, they did have chances to make additional plays on defense. Didn't make them. They had chances on offense. Again, they failed in short yardage. They have been bad on third down all season long, not just in this game, but especially in this game. They've not forced many turnovers either. They're not getting much pass rush either. Whatever they're doing, it's not working. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, again, correctable. Obviously, whether the Bucks get to where they want to be, losing a game to the Pittsburgh Steelers in October is not going to define the season. It doesn't have to. It shouldn't. If it does, we're really a mentally weak team if they let that spill over into this week. So that shouldn't define them, but they got to get a lot better everywhere. Coaches, players, all up and down the line has to be a better mindset. And when I hear Tom Brady say they'll get it corrected, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel some hope. Listening to what Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles have to say, I, I mean, whatever. It's just noise to me. Even if they said the right things, I don't care. But hearing Brady say that gives me hope. But again, you know, again, they got to find a way to get a win this week regardless. And, you know, who knows? I mean, Sports can change quick, football, any sport really, and from week to week. I mean, we could easily be sitting here a week from today when we play the Baltimore Ravens right here, 
And all of a sudden, things could totally turn around. We could end up winning this week. We could beat them. And we'll be like, man, remember when they lost to Pittsburgh a few weeks ago? Wow, what a turnaround. Who knows? Maybe that's what happens. I hope it is. I hope it does. But I'm not as optimistic as usual. Sorry, let me shut up now. No, that's no, a great hey. Sorry, that's yeah, a great you're pre- I, I love it. I love you. I agree, bro. I mean, you're I wish pre- I weren't doing it. I wish that weren't the case, you know? I mean, I wish they could have, you know, stolen that game. Even if they won that game, I'd say, well, they need to play better. But, hey, you take the win because they're not all – you just want to stack them any way you can. But right. the wins before this was not, you know, were very not awe-inspiring. Other than I thought the New Orleans win was a spirited effort, at least defensively. I think right. they played with an edge in that game. Uh, I thought defensively for a large portion of the Green Bay game, they've had an edge to them. I haven't really seen that since Atlanta. Yeah, the first half, but again, they stopped playing in that game and nearly nearly cost them the game. This game, they never had it to begin with. They lost the game. And you can't do that. I'm not saying you're going to play a perfect four quarters, but you can't do that uh, against anybody because any team can beat anybody. We saw that not just with us. We've seen it with a lot. So we'll see. Again, I think it's correctable. But, you know, Byron Leftwich has to be accountable. Uh, it didn't sound like he was today. But, again, like I said, you know, I take that with a grain of salt because when you're losing, nothing you really say is going to sound smart. The only thing that can make you look smart is to go out and win and execute properly. Right. Correct, correct. And Byron Leftwich just looks outmatched out there. Looks like he's in over his head out there. And he, he's deflecting simple questions to him, right? It's not like they're, they're, they're going up there and asking him hardball questions. J.C. Allen, shout out to him great friend of the shows from pewter report uh jcl and all he asked him was hey byron you're like the worst ranked first round <laughs> team in the league what are you gonna do to fix that and byron goes uh, where are you seeing that and jc goes epa it's right there and byron kind of laughs at him and jcl and kind of spits back then and goes hey man stats through stats i'm just saying so i loved it i loved, I loved it too it. man it felt good to see our media, not like Jenna Lane going up there. She, I'm sorry to call out Jenna Lane, but she's such a bubblehead and asks the worst questions. I remember earlier in the oh, year, she asked Todd Bowles, Todd, uh, this was after a loss too. It's like, Todd, uh, this was after the Green Bay game. Todd, uh, did you see the beehives on the field goal post? Uh, you know, there were a lot of bees swarm in the field before the game. And Todd literally goes, Jenna, I did not notice that. It's like, read the room, Jenna. And then, you know, all this top bull stuff last week. And then with Brady today, she's trying to throw that military uh, common comparison. Like, in his he was face. It's like, Jenna just thinks she's better than everybody else, which, you know, I get it. You work for ESPN, so your paycheck might say that. But in reality, we're all human beings here. And uh, you got to treat uh, the players and the coaches a little bit better than you are, Jenna Lane. That's all I'm going to say. And rant. Sorry about that. Didn't you know, I think she treats serious? them very well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I think she's treated some of them very there well before. Um, but, you know, I don't think she's allowed to do that anymore. So That's um, what it might be right there, Cass. That's what it might be. Uh, I, I don't know. Pure conjecture. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I don't know. Maybe. But, but hey. You know those USF, hey, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Now, I'm sure she works hard at her job, but, you know. Yeah, I appreciate J.C. Allen asking. Uh, I'd like to think, I mean, Byron Lefwich is aware that, they, I mean, he has to know they're not executing at the level they're capable of. 
uh, you know, we're in week going to week seven now. There are changes on the offensive side of the ball, but this is still a very talented offensive football team that there's a lot of teams out there that would love to have the talent he has at his disposal. Right. So he has to know. He can't possibly be watching and saying, yeah, I think we're doing okay. And he knows they're not. The question is, does he have the answers to fix it? Is he too stubborn to change what he's doing because it's not working? We've seen the last couple of years that they've had their, they've had their struggles He's come back and he's put together some good game plans and they've bounced back. I know last season, ultimately, they struggled against the Rams. But if we're being honest, that was a tough match. There was He was handicapped in what he could do in that game based on right. injuries, based on the opponent. So, you know, you, those don't bother me. A lot of people might want to give him flack on that. I was like, you know, look who we were missing. Look who we were facing. The Rams had a great defense. So that happens. You can't do that <laughs> against Pittsburgh, I mean, who's missing guys, I mean, to put that game plan out there. So I hope he self-scouts like he has a, at times the last few years and gets this thing I corrected. Think, I really do hope so. I think it's a lot with the veteran uh, the veteran leadership also. It, it, last year we had a lot of good, strong veterans with JPP. You had Sue there. I mean, it's just the list goes on. You have Gronk on offense. Uh, Jensen's not there. Marpet's not there. I mean, a lot of those core like leaders that probably could push the team to get right there to just do enough to win those type of games. They're, they're not there. And I, I mean, the accountability JPP was a big voice in that locker room for that defense last year. And um, I think they, 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 they're not, they don't have that, that, on them right now, even in it trickles down all the way, goes all the way up, I, I believe, to the head coach. Not saying Todd is, is a bad coach, but from for just the attitude, the demeanor, and, and it just looks too passive. And there is a reflection of, I think, the team and what they what they bring to the table right now. It's not a good look when we're losing and we have that type of uh, demeanor and character going on about ourselves. I, I, I need some fight, some dog, and it's it just been looking like pretty shitty. Every week is it's like I'm biting my nails like with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a one in four team. And Todd goes in there saying that he knew it was going to be a tough game. I mean, it's a one in four team. Like, where's your kahunas at to say that, you know, we, we thought we were going to come in here and do something. And we got outplayed, outcoached. Like, come on, man. You got to have some some like a stronger like I don't know what happens behind the scenes completely. But for what I do see, I'm not I'm not satisfied on and it's still early, you know, but but how we're losing and, and, and the responses, it bothers me and irks my nerves. Yeah, and I think you make great points there. A lot of great rants going on. We're all full of them. We could do this for hours and days. And I agree, Todd Bowles just looks a little outmatched right now. B.A. would have had his foot halfway up these people's asses right by now. Saying, hey, everybody out. let's go, let's go, let's go. And that was the thing about B.A. He was honest, and I loved it. And, you know, he was direct, and he was right there. And that's why he lands atop of my favorite Bucks coaches of all time. Leprechaun says, that's my girl, y'all. Sorry to hear that, Lep. You're my guy, but uh, sorry about that. But it's like, oh, man. Anyways, uh, real quick, let I me get my mini rant. What, what up, Hunch? I say, I bet she is his girl. <laughs> um. We'll make uh, score predictions and player of the game predictions and Thursday night football score predictions here in a minute. Then we'll make our big thing and walk off on out of here. But my mini rant quick is this. Out of the last 16 quarters, we've literally played two good quarters of football against the Falcons in the first half, like Katz alluded to. 16 quarters. 
two good quarters of football that's fucking unacceptable to any team in any league in any level of football going down to the peewees going all the way up to the nfl that's unacceptable any coach would be getting their ass chewed out for that crap you don't come in here and play two out of 16 good quarters of football when some of the teams you're playing have records such as one and four or at the time the Falcons, who are still hemming and hawing their way, uh, you know, to be in a good football team. We couldn't even put collective good halves together against either of those teams besides the first half against Atlanta. Then you look at Green Bay and Kansas City. Kansas City really won by more than the scoreboard showed, I feel like. They really did a number on us. And Green Bay, we're lucky that game wasn't a 20-point game by the way our offense came out and played like I mean we fought hard on D that game don't get me wrong our defense came to play that game but our offense it was like huh what are you all doing and lord for the life of me why the hell the first time we see Tom great Tom Brady uh, you know I'm so mad I'm calling him Tom Gravy out here Tom Brady why, why the hell do we see him do the first QB sneak of the year. He's a great QB sneaker. We've been asking for it all year. Why the hell is he running behind the left guard, Luke Godeke, when he's doing a QB sneak? It, it, it's just terrible. Why do you run a QB sneak behind your worst offensive lineman? Why not behind your right guard, probably your best off, second-best offensive lineman behind Tristan Wirfs? What the hell are you doing? It's totally unmatched. It's unprepared. It's undisciplined football. You better get it fixed this week, bud, because people think the ceiling was falling last week against Pittsburgh. You go out there and you lose to Carolina. People are going to be coming for your guys' jobs in that office. People are going to want you gone. You can't lose an inexcusable two games in a row to a Pittsburgh team. And the only team that might look more pathetic than the Steelers out there each and every Sunday right now is the Carolina Panthers. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a head coach. They're running back shipped halfway out of town. They got guys blowing Antonio Brown-type moments on the damn sideline. If we don't win by these score predictions coming in, Cleveland, me, 35-17. Pops, 35-17. You might as well pack your bags right now at 3-4 and four and say, see you later, guys. Tom Brady, go try and fix your marriage. Because at 3-4 and four with back-to-back losses to Pittsburgh and Carolina, you're done. Unacceptable. Man up. Now or never, we're making right strides. Lenny F. is putting Instagram down. He's hitting the books hard. Tom Brady put up this monumental post on Instagram saying we're going to get it together and win like Katz alluded to earlier. That makes me feel good about that. Mike Evans is calling Sunday and must win. So while you got Devin White and Russell Gage and all these guys talking about how they're, you know, nervous or maybe taking uh, some guys are taking plays off, this and that, we got these three hardcore dudes and Brady and Evans and Lenny F who are already balls to the wall, putting their fucking foot on the pedal and saying enough's enough. I've seen it. Like Concho said, we're lacking veteranship right now. These are the guys who are going to have to step up. And it's pathetic that we're lacking veteranship in a team with Tom Brady and a team with Akeem Hicks and a team with Shaq Barrett. Wake up. What the hell are you doing? Show some leadership out there. It's honestly really, really, disgusting and rant for me you guys get any comment it's, it's fucking disgusting you're right tones and i and i agree with you like out of all the times that one yard line that one yard it seems so long and i'm watching i'm like 
I knew it was going to fail from the jump. When I seen it on the screen and I just seen it was so far, I was like, this is the wrong time to run it. Why do you run it right here when you had Brady right there on the one-yard line? And you, I just don't get the play call and I don't get the, the, the execution is not there. Like, you're right here on the one-yard line. You run straight to the left side to Gadecki. He gets swim. Uh, Hayward swims him, gets the tackle in the back. You go back. Brady gets sacked after that. It, it's just – it's just – and everybody is predictable. Like J.C. Allen said, well, when it becomes predictable on your team, what are you going to do? Oh, it's about the execution. Come on, you could call better plays, man. Do a pick play. Call a pick play or something where you could get a guy open or something. I mean, I, I'm not a coach by any means, you know what I'm saying? But I just feel like last year, this year, day and night, I know different players left, but come on, you have Tom Brady back there. He is the GOAT. Why is this team struggling right now after being in this offense for this long and the play caller is still trying to adjust and find – I don't know how he switched it up or he found out how he want to use this guy and, and how he tries to – but we, we're full strength on offense. We have our full offense except for Julio Jones. Can't make that excuse no more. Okay, Godwin, he's probably getting back in his stride. He's a little rusty. He does. He's not explosive right now. But come on, with the with the play calling and, and, and the execution, it's just lackluster. And, I, and I'm frustrated also. I mean, if they don't at least show some real fight, 37, like those scores, if we could pull out one of those and just look consistent on offense and defense, just look consistent and look dominant and look like you, you came to play instead of looking dead with no energy. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just piss poor. And, I, and I'm, I'm just, as a fan, I'm upset. And it, and as a, uh, a co-host of the show, I'm very frustrated. Also just watching the game. I can't even, I won't even go to the stadium and, 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 and support. Cause it's like, you're spending your money and you're getting your heart broke. You know what I'm saying? It's not even worth it. I'm with you, dude. It's been rough sledding. Loose Cannon's Leprechaun says, I love your presentation tones. I appreciate you, my man. And thanks always for stepping in to the Bucketeers. We got a comment for Cats from Cleve and me. My brother says, SVU, new in an hour, Cats. Uh, Cats no, it's a re re not in? a new one. Well, it's not a new one. They're showing uh, last year's, an episode from last year. So, unfortunately, no new SVU tonight. They will resume with new ones next next week. But um, they are re-showing the episode from last year where Nick Amaro made a return. So if you haven't seen that episode, it's worth a watch. Um, and if you have seen it, it still was a good episode. Um, SVU, yeah, I'm a little disappointed, though, that Kelly Giddish has been is going to be um, phased out of the show. That's disappointing me, too. But <laughs> um, no, well, it's another disappointing thing for another day, man, about why they forced my gal Kelly off the show. Um but yeah, you know, both like what both of you were saying, and I do think the Bucks will bounce back. I do think they will win this week. Um, I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as um, uh, lopsided as some of those predictions are. Right now, they just need to go get a win. I do think they'll do that. Yeah, whether they got a limp to win, whatever, just go out there and get a W at this point. Cleva me says, boys, 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 as Roger says, R-E-L-A-X. Well, He's relaxing a little too much in the offseason, apparently, on ayahuasca, and look at what that's leading them to over there. No, I know. We're fine, but... They don't look in, good either. They yeah, look like us right now. Both I know they beat us, but a lot of people felt us and Green Bay at the top of the heap in the NFC, and we're both sitting here at 3-3 three and three now. They're in a tougher division. They've got Minnesota two ahead of them with a tiebreaker on, on them. 
we're three and three, and we've so far two and zero in the division. So we have that going for us, but you can't use that as a crutch either. No, you can't. As you said, you really can't. And you know they have the head to head, but we should win the division nonetheless. We should win this division by still a couple of games, in my opinion. So we'll get to that here right now. We got another comment coming in from Pops before we get to our score predictions and player of the game. BA, no risk it, no biscuit. Tell it like it is. Call Brady out. Call everyone out. Hold people accountable equals Super Bowl. Bowles has to turn over calling defense like BA did with offense and manage team. I agree with that. Uh, if, you know, having two defensive coordinators, you might as well have no defensive coordinators at that point. It's like, too many cooks in the kitchen there with Todd Bowles being a defensive-minded guy. So we'll see what the hell's going on there. And uh, offensively, Byron's really got to get his shit together. Fellas, we're over an hour and eight minutes now. We're going to do score predictions and player of the game predictions. Then we'll give our Thursday night football predictions and our walk-offs, and we'll get the hell out of here. Huncho, so far we have 35-17 to by Pops and Joe. Dave said 27 to 10. Dave from Carolina Primetime Podcast. What say you, Hunch? What's your score? What's your player of the game? They got PJ Williams. I mean, what's their uh the quarterback? PJ Walker. It looks like he will be the man under center. He's a, a mobile quarterback. I give him about I give him from 14 to 16, and hopefully we could just get uh hopefully we can I think we're gonna come out um on fire. I really do think we're going to come out on fire. A must win, like Mike Evans said. Uh, I feel like we're not going to let off, and I feel like this is going to be a very big bounce-back game. So I'll say probably 30 to 17. I'll get at 30 17. And who's your player of the game? Who are you rolling with? Uh, player of the game? Um, um, I honestly, it got to be Tom Brady. It has to be Tom Brady at this point. I want to say, honestly, you know what I want to say? It got to be fucking Byron Leftwich. He needs to be the fucking player or the player of the game. If it depends on his play calling, what our offense would do, and uh, the, his decision-making on, on how we were going to come out this game. Looks like him being sti- – and I do like Byron. Listen, I met him in at the Arians Family Foundation – He's a nice guy. You met him before as well, Hunch. But at the end of the day, you got to make adjustments as a coach, man. And, uh, you know, he might have blew his chance in Jacksonville. I know he wanted a new GM to be their head coach over there. But sometimes you got to take what you could get in the head coaching world. And he had a chance to coach Jacksonville, denied it because of the GM. And now uh, you see Doug Peterson over there. And Byron might not get another chance to step up to the plate. Uh, for coaching over there. So I think that's a good uh, player or coach of the game candidate is Leftwich for sure. Cats, what say you? Are you going with Leftwich or coach as your man of the game? And what's your score prediction? Well, no, I think Chris Godwin's going to have a big game. I'll go with him as my player of the game. I don't think it's going to be – I think it'll be an efficient performance. Um, I'll give the Bucks a 27-13 to 13 win. Again, I don't think it's going to be dominant. I don't think they're going to put up a ton of points, but I think they'll – be more efficient and take advantage of a Carolina team that like Pittsburgh lacks in terms of talent, but Pittsburgh did not lack coaching. Carolina does. Uh, Pittsburgh has Mike Tomlin. Carolina does not. So that'll help us here in this week. And that's all we can focus on right now. And I think they'll do good enough to come out there with the W 27, 13. 
I'm loving the optimism. We got a lot of good scores right now. I'm going with, you know, no week to get back on track, right? I said that last week. I'm going with 27 to 17. You know, we win by 10, and that's still giving us a little much, you know, grace right now, a double-digit win. But you got to get back on track somehow. You got to make it look decent out there. Because as Katz alluded to earlier, we have a quick turnaround on Thursday night against Baltimore. If you come out slow in this game and sluggish, you know, you can't do any of that. You got to look sharp. You got to look like you're ready to play. Thursday night football comes quick. We know that. We got to have a mini 2-0 run stretch here. And that starts with playing good football this coming Sunday. And I, I think... I don't know if he's going to be player of the game, but I'm calling it, and I need him to step up. We need him to step up. Vita Vea, he just hasn't done enough for us right now. He's getting pushed around on film studies out there. He's getting paid a lot of money now. So Vita Vea is definitely going to have to step up for our defense if we want them to improve or succeed or get better or any of that good stuff. So a lot of guys making a lot of money right now, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Nonetheless, guys, Thursday night football, we got our hated Saints traveling to the desert in Arizona. Cats will start with you. Yep. uh, I don't know. I I don't think Jameis is. Uh, No, Andy Dalton is, which unfortunately gives them a chance to win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dalton's actually, I mean, they put up some points. I saw that it was 30 to 26 last week. You know, they lost. So they put up some points with him. Um, But I'll give it Arizona, I think, should. uh, at home, I believe, uh, on a Thursday night. I'll give Arizona the edge there. Uh, not by much. And these Thursday night games, if the past ones are any indication, won't be worth watching. And, hey, I don't have Amazon Prime, so I can't watch it. And uh, I probably wouldn't be watching anyway. Uh, but I'll give Arizona a 24-21 to 21 win. 24-21 victory for Arizona over oh, the fighting Red Rockets. Hopkins back. Hopkins back tonight as well. Uh, D Hop's back, and uh, crazy man uh, Robbie Anderson's over there as well. Yeah. So uh, is he start? I don't think he's starting. Is he? I mean, I don't think he's playing this game, Robbie. I think I heard that he might play. Maybe he's not anymore. But nonetheless, he'll be on the sidelines. Uh, there was a video of him banging someone in the back of a car. Oh, I, thought, the- I was wondering was that him or not. I'm but- wondering if that was him or not too. But let's hope he. Uh, Keeps it one or whoever the hell that was. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. Huncho, what's your score on tonight's game, brother? Um, uh, I must say with D Hop back and all, um, I feel like Taysom is going to play a role tonight too, and that nobody can stop him as much as how he how when he's on a hot streak like that. So I, I think they're going to actually put up point. Are there receivers? Are the receivers back? I know Michael Thomas is not, but are the other receivers back? Are you not sure? Uh, Alave's playing, I know that. I don't think Landry is back. I could be wrong, but I know Alave is playing. Taysom Hill has been playing at a high level lately. Uh, I know Traquan Smith is going to play tonight, so. Okay, well, if they can get the receivers back, I'm just saying this probably, I'll say 28-21. Um, yeah, I don't even uh, 28-21, Arizona. And that's or or it could go the other way. 28-21, the Saints. I'm not sure, but we'll see. I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty with it. Hoping Uncle Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Uncle Kyler Murray have a nice little game tonight. We could use it 
fuck the Saints, fuck the NFC South. Uh, Jabu, Red Rocket, you know, y'all can make of that what you want. But uh, Pop says Arizona 31, New Orleans 17. I'm hoping Kyler gets on track tonight with D-Hop back, and I think Eno Benjamin has a nice game. He's going to be the starting running back for Arizona as James Car- Connors out again. I got Arizona winning this one 27-16. Um, to 16. Uh, I don't think Saints offense gets it going, although Kat said Dalton is playing better than Winston out there, it looks like, to the naked eye at least. So uh, you never know what the Saints team does. Chris Olave has looked like a pretty good rookie wide receiver to this point as well. And uh, Mr. I'll beat you up in a Vegas nightclub is, uh, you know, not having his greatest season yet. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if Kamara could, and, you know, innocent till proven guilty, of course, but the damn guy's just on video beating someone's ass. And, uh, the and no suspension, no nothing. But, wow, that's, I'm not. Whatever. You know, Goodell wipes the Saints' ass dry every year, though, so. Just nothing. Hopefully, Jim Irsay steps up against Goodell next. Jim Irsay <laughs> took it to Dan Snyder this week already, uh, the Redskins owner, Dan Snyder. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. I heard that. That was awesome at Jim Irsay. So, hopefully, next he'll uh, I got tell Goodell question. to step up a little bit. I got a question, Thomas. Uh, so, given a take, uh, I want your take too, uh, Cass, on this. Um, so, Granted, I don't want this to happen. Hopefully, this doesn't happen. So, if we do come out and we put another performance out there, as which we did against Pittsburgh, what do you do in terms after that with the coaching staff and everything? What do you do? I think Bowles would have to, uh, you know, make defensive changes, whoever's coordinating what over there. I think Bowles would have to really just take the reins on the whole situation and uh, see what happens and walk through step-by-step, hand-in-hand with those defensive coordinators. <clears throat> and I think Byron Leftwich would have to get help, whether it's from Tom Moore or Bruce Arians. I just don't think that Byron Leftwich could continue. I don't think we lose this game, but I've been wrong before, and we've lost to the Steelers last week. So yeah, we'll see what's good. going on. And, uh, you know, Katz, you could give your thoughts on that. Well, even if they do lose, I'll tell you right now, they're not going to do anything different. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you like it. telling it like it is. They're not going to do that's anything. True. If they I lose. mean, they're going to do that, nothing. I believe in. Makes yeah. sense. So I hope they don't lose, obviously. I don't think they will either. But if they do lose, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, Katz <laughs> is giving the harsh truth right now. But they, they probably won't do anything unless it got to like three and six or something. I'm not saying it will at all. But if it got that bad, then you might see some changes. But for now, we're going to keep treading lightly as Mike joins us, our favorite regular. Mike says, hey, boys, how you doing, Mike? Thanks for catching our last segment here, our one big thing and walk off for Sunday's game. Better late than never. Better to get your cookie hand in the er, – I'm, I'm misspeaking. <laughs> Better to get your hand in the cookie jar than don't get it in the jar at all, damn it. Jesus, what am I doing? <laughs> Nonetheless, Huncho, we'll start with you. One big thing or walk-off that you're looking forward to for uh, Sunday's game, brother, and any last words, comments, questions for the Bucketeers this evening? Uh, okay, well, my, my number one thing that I, I, I'm really worried about, defense, okay, uh, I'm not really too – I'm worried about them, but the struggles, I feel like the long, they can fix those – you get Mike Edwards back. Uh, uh, hopefully that can change uh, some of the play calls. He's a ball hawk. Um, but far as it's the offense and the, and the uh, 
the 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 lack of uh, scoring in the red zone, the energy. I just need to see more efficiency from that offense and more continuity with Mike Evans and uh, Brady and uh, Godwin engage. I want to see our wide receivers get the ball and um, stop calling so many damn run plays it, on first down. It's just the offense. I just I got to see a better a better uh, version of this offense. That's my big thing that I'm wanting to see. And um, uh, that's that's about it, guys. It's like a Pokemon, right? It's in the first form right now, and you're hoping that Charmander gets to Charizard or Charmeleon, whatever the hell their name is. But uh. You know, you're hoping they evolve through the weeks or the coming months. This is Bo's team. Remember that. This is Bo's team. <laughs> and he said yeah. this is his team, so he got to take accountability, man. Yep, he's got to be the captain of the ship. You don't want Bruce's help, so we'll see how that factors. Cats, what's your one big thing? I like Huncho's walk-off as the offense needed to evolve. What say you for Sunday? Yeah, I agree. And you got to start faster than you've been starting these games because, you know, Carolina's one win is over New Orleans. You're going to get an inspired, you know, regardless of their issues, you're going to get an inspired effort, I think, from them because it is a divisional game. Start the game faster. We've seen, what, three and out on the first possession in many of these games offensively. We've, we've given up points on the opening possession in all but one game this year, and we've scored points on our opening possession in, I think, one one game, maybe two. They were field goals. Start the game faster. If you could start fast and get the Carolina into a hole, you could probably get them to go away and walk out of there with an easy win. But you got to, again, you got to, you know, have the guys ready. You got to call a better game if you're Byron. Start be aggressive right from the beginning. And I hope that, you know, after seeing what's going on, that he's learned that by now, that, that taking that loss last week and nearly losing the Atlanta game, that he'll learn from that. Uh, I want to be proven wrong. I want to see him do that. I've seen him, this offense, do it. Before, I've never seen them struggle this badly, although they've had some bad moments in recent years. So prove me wrong. I'd like to see that. I love all of that right there as well. And uh, I'm going to go with getting pressure on the quarterbacks and not letting them convert third downs and forevers. I want to see the defense get after the quarterback. I want to see the D-backs hold their guys on those third and longs. As Katz alludes to, tackle them after 14 yards. They're not going to go for it on fourth and two from their own 20-yard line. You got 14 or 15 yards to play with. Instead, you let up 16 or 17. And then the quarterback paying Vita all this money, paying Shaq all this money. Wake up, fellas. I love both of you guys. Two good players, really good players when they're on top of their game. But lately, they've been harder to find than Waldo in a Where's Waldo book. Did Shaq put on on weight because he's looking like he put on extra weight or something? Or is that just me, Shaq Barrett? Hard to tell. I can't tell. I can't tell. I got to get a better look at him on Sunday. If you guys see, if you if you come up with an answer, just let me know because I, I was wondering because he looked a little more a little, little beefy than, than what he did last few years. Yeah, and, you know, that could be a factor slowing down as well. But he started yeah, the yeah. year fine. His first couple games were fine. And then last couple were like, where's Waldo out there? So. Any last words, gentlemen, before we log off right now? I just want everybody Go to Bucks, stay play better. Go Bucks. Uh, stay safe and stay blessed, man. Uh, hopefully we have a good uh, conversation next week about how we, how we won this game. Right. Yeah, I agree. I like how you said a good convo about how we won this game. Not a bad convo about how we lost or how we barely won, but just a good old-fashioned convo 
about how we won this game. Mike says all the extra weight is that money the Bucks paid in. <laughs> oh, man, that's – oh, geez, Mike. It. We'll come I in there it. with those zingers of slate, bro. I the, love it. Cracking me up. On behalf of Tampa Tones and Dave from the po- Primetime Carolina Podcast, we've had our two great co-captains in t- the house tonight, ACAT and Huncho themselves. It's been the Bucketeers. You can find the replay on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Twitter, and so much more. It's a great Thursday night. Go enjoy Thursday night football. And then this Sunday, enjoy it. Today is actually Sports Equinox. I forgot to mention. We have NHL, we have NBA, we have NFL, and we have MLB. The Lightning aren't playing, so it doesn't really count to me, Tones. <laughs> I agree with that. When the Lightning play in the NHL, just, you know, kind of, it doesn't really matter to me. So, uh, you know, you could take out hockey and substitute college football, baby. We got Troy, Southern Alabama, and we got uh, Virginia against, uh, I forget who as well, but a couple of college games on the griddle as well on behalf of the bucketeers everybody it's been a beautiful evening cats and huncho thank you so much dave thank you so much always a pleasure going to war with you gentlemen fire the damn cannon to go bucks nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Superbug fans were there, too. Superbug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan, and it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by. Pat it looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like you got a little. No, my my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>